0: Mm. Mics are hot. Yes. Oomps. Politics. Oomps. Politics. Not Oomps. politics. Oomps. Uh, we're not talking politics because, one, I don't keep up with it. And, two, uh, that's just a, a oh, I don't know. thing you don't want to get into.
1: I, I don't know. We might venture in. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, what's up, YouTube? <laughs> all right, man. So, uh, today, America Competes Act and, of all and things,
0: reefing. reefing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's a component of it that's littered in all of the big giant American competes act, uh, changes.
1: Not the first time something like this has happened, won't oh, no. be the last. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, you've been hiding under a rock or something. Uh, last week, the US House passed a bill uh, and everyone's asking what we think about oh, yeah. it. Uh, we actually, have some deeper insight into uh, what's going on than uh, on some of his previous attempts. Uh, there's, yeah. there's new players involved. And and the,
0: stuff. Uh, the opinions are all over the place and it mm. could be, as ah, this has nothing to do with us and uh, it's open for interpretation, it's so vague, it's really not going to pe- affect us to the complete opposite side. The world is falling, the sky is falling, the hobby's over, I better sell all my stuff. <laughs> Uh, probably somewhere in between. Somebody
1: that. sent this to me, and uh, the first thing I got out of it was uh, when I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, wow, I've never seen anyone, one of these things quite like this one. You're going to hear why this one's different today. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, also, uh, I like to say this one on these kinds of things, is I'm going to mess this up. Randy's going to mess this up. Uh, neither one of us are lawyers. Neither one of us politicians. are politicians. We are not loyal, Our lobbyists. Uh, and uh, so, <laughs> guaranteed, foot mouth today. Uh, and also, I mean, I was watching the comments pre-roll here. This is a political hot button issue. I. I can't wait to come read the comments afterward on this one. Uh, yeah, there is definitely picking sides in this one. All right, so the main target of this bill was creating opportunities for manufacturing uh, and economic uh, com- American economic competitiveness. Some of it's wrapped around, you know, making chips in the United States, which mm-hmm. is totally understandable because chips are impossible to get now. Uh, and then hidden within there. 200 amendments,
0: Two, <laughs> yeah. 200,
1: like let's like make jobs, let's manufacture stuff and yeah. plus 200 other things.
0: Let's not let the world stranglehold our economic growth and uh, you know, cut cut us off from things. So we're kind of stuck in the water mm. uh, and littered in there is like, oh yeah, and uh, what about these animals? Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I got a, I got a, uh, uh, like a text or whatever that could, or uh, some, a note on this one, it said, There are more suggestions in here or more comments on ocean reefs than China. (laughs) Uh, uh, And I was like, wow. And in fact, it was funny. I called Jay uh, at uh, EGOTEC and asked what his thoughts were on this because he gets he's pretty close to P-Jack and some other things. Mm. And Jay's like, this is a fine example of American politics. You know, 200 (laughs) amendments attached to this thing. So in this bill to uh, create opportunities for manufacturing economic competitiveness hidden in there is this thing that says that uh, they're gonna create a white list of animals that can be imported into the United States. Uh, In addition to that, they're gonna use like this uh, Lacey Act of the past Mm -hmm. to pile on top of that thing. And uh, it also bans the interstate commerce of these animals.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, why are those two things spookier than anything before?
0: Uh, Spooky is, okay, so, You know, typically imports and stuff have been a blacklist. You can't bring this in, you can't bring this in, you can't bring this in. Instead, they're going to flip it to a whitelist or propose to flip to a whitelist that says these are the approved ones and they might miss all kinds of like off the radar species and and animals and different things. Mm -hmm. I don't even think like coral species were listed in here. There was very specific some species, but...
1: When does when does uh, make that list? Yeah. When does when that one get evaluated?
0: And what do you call uh, it? Uh, I mean, we're we're internally we're debating saltwater names and proper nomenclature and naming and things like that. You know, within ourselves, like who's going to get it right for the white list?
1: Yeah, I don't know. So whitelist, totally scarier than blacklist. Blacklist means something's bad here. Go do something about it. Whitelist means we're going to trudge through every single known animal uh, that gets imported to the United States and we'll evaluate each one. uh, Take your turn.
0: That's scary.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, Other part of this is state lines. Mm. So the first thing is like generally uh, like uh, you would hear like, okay, we're like, you know, Fiji's going to shut down. You yeah. yeah. Florida is going to, or uh, you know, whatever. Somebody's going to make some rules. You know, no uh, Hawaii will shut down, whatever. Uh, but the first thing I went by through my mind is, if you're going to shut down interstate commerce of white list, I, Adam, I, animals are not on the white list. That means breeding and farming and you know like aquaculture is off the table unless you only want to survive inside of Florida and only sell to the Floridians
0: well that that that's another problem too is like do you white if we're talking about this from an invasive species point of view do you whitelist is it a master whitelist for the entire 40 or for the entire 50 states uh, is it a whitelist that affects you know the most prone to invasive species? And then that applies to everybody else at that level, because like, you know, what's might be invasive in Florida is not invasive here in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Not one bit at all.
1: Yeah, dude. Totally, totally spooky thing, man. Mm-hmm. I, weird uh, whitelist interstate lines. This is a new introduction in this uh, stuff. I've uh, seen I've seen these things happen, like, I mean, I don't know, all the time. Yeah, just, and it happens in every pet industry, and sometimes it targets an aquarium, sometimes it doesn't. This, Some one's really this one's really big. This
0: one's really big. Bigger than broad Bigger than like Hawaii ban.
1: Okay, Yeah. so another thing that's spooky about this is, like most politics, the agenda here is a little murky. I mean, if buried it's,
0: in 200 amendments doesn't sound murky.
1: And it's kind of attached to something that you would assume is pretty important to most Americans, meaning being competitive on the world space, Mm -hmm. creating jobs, you know, not being dependent on foreign powers for chips and stuff, you know, like, I don't know who doesn't want all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but like hidden in the middle of the other 200 things, right? So what's murky too about this is what the agenda really is. And so, Uh, Depending on who you talk to, you will hear a different agenda.
0: This is this is where the, uh, you know, the political sides, the arguments, the this, it's that, it's this, it's that, this is where it really starts getting heated, is what is, what is this for? What is the uh, agenda?
1: One of the other things you'll catch here is the uh, enemy of my enemy is also my friend, right? Uh, Like, so if you hate that guy and I hate that guy, we're buddies, right? (laughs) Uh, So uh, COVID is actually the, like, one of the guys is here,
0: right? Yeah, like stopping the import of uh, similar things like the Wuhan bat. Yeah, we don't want any Wuhan bats. We don't want COVID again. Yeah,
1: So let's just cut off all animals so we make sure that we don't get any Wuhan bats because like, well, (laughs) A, dude, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but B, uh, like, uh, what about the humans that are coming over on planes? Like by the tens of thousands of days, uh, and, like, uh, are we worried about those things? More worried. Yeah. Because those are the things I actually brought here. A bat didn't fly here. Right? <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Uh, but uh, more importantly, a uh, fish didn't swim it here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. And then there's also this, uh, like interstate commerce or Lacey act piece of this thing, mm. which is invasive species. Uh, uh, so. I I will tell you, Actually, I'm going to tell you, like before we get into all this stuff, like how people are always probably out there, like how worried and how real is this? Yeah. So we've talked to a lot of people at various lengths, pretty high up in several areas of uh, the U.S. government and uh, also some pretty big entities and how they're handling it and they're what they think is going to happen. And the universal opinion is, Uh, this is not going to be included in the Senate bill, which means that it won't actually make it through. Uh, But they will all say, also, I've seen crazier things happen. So (laughs) uh, everybody's giving like a 1% chance kind of thing. Uh, So maybe, but unlikely. Uh, And from the COVID perspective, let's just pretend that you know, that was really the reason why this got in there. That's a poor reason. Okay, well, if that was really the reason, you'd assume that fish and coral would make the white list like really rapidly. We'd oh, yeah. very rapidly but identify that clownfish not did COVID. not bring COVID here <laughs> and pose a very small threat to uh, a pandemic in the United
0: States. Right. It's a toxin, but not pandemic.
1: Okay, the next one is the invasive species stuff. And this is the piece that you hit on just a second ago.
0: Yeah, Uh, depending on, we're talking broad, you know, broad pets, so not just aquarium hobby, not saltwater hobby, but freshwater, lizards, hamsters, you know, exotic pets, you know, mammals, and all these other uh, rodents and things like that, bats. (laughs) you know they uh all of them come from different parts of the world in their different climates they uh they can only live in certain areas you know habitats are very specific for them so you know when you come to when you bring them to the landmass that is north america or uh, the united states and the the crested gecko or these you know uh, dart frogs and dendrobates that i'm bringing from you know the rainforest Aren't going to survive up in, uh, in Iowa and Montana, Washington, and things like that. It's just not the climate for it. So if you're going to, if this is going to be about invasive species, uh, should it be down to the granular state level, and states can make the determination of what will be invasive to their uh, to their ecosystem, or is the you know is the large overreaching hand of federal for invasive species is that really the reason here?
1: So uh, we talked to some people that are uh, people, I guess, in our organization, talked to some people pretty high up uh, in the U.S. government, and basically they all said oh, they're going to fight against this because they would prefer that the states handle this kind of stuff. Fish and wildlife. It, it's if in if every it's, single th- If it's really about yeah. invasive species, because, dude, Lionfish are not invasive to Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? Guaranteed. Guaranteed, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, there's all kinds of things, man. they like, uh, just aren't a threat to the, a specific ecosystem, so.
0: And this should it should be a decision based off of the people that, you know, the, the government agencies that live in the state, is my own mm-hmm. personal opinion. You know, fish and wildlife uh, uh, under the Department of Interior exists in every single state. Uh, they know best about the ecological, you know, uh, makeup of their own specific
1: state. Well, and the sad part is, if like if you charge them to, then the fish and wildlife people are going to have to decide to uh, regulate lionfish in Minnesota for no reason at all, and they don't
0: want to do that. Well, the problem is too is when you uh, another side of the coin for this uh, argument being that, you know, if the states start to regulate their own invasive species then comes the point of the interstate transfer. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna have to regulate what comes in and out of Florida by means of shipping, driving, flying, what have you. All right, so
1: you can decide whether or not uh, any of those two things are real or if they're real to, to our industry or they're real to whoever. Again, the enemy uh, of my enemy is my friend in these cases. So like really doesn't matter all these reasons. uh, Some people are piling on from every whatever direction. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, more standard one in here that like a lot of people believe is kind of hidden behind all this stuff is the ethical treatment and sustainability of uh, our hobby right? Mm. Of, of reefing, which is a pretty long debate. And there's good things, there's bad things, blah, blah, blah. But it always kind of seems to come down to, you know, does, you know, reefing harm, you know, the ocean? Yeah, right? the pet,
0: do, does the pet trade and the pet industry harm where you're collecting these things from?
1: Yeah, and so the best way that was ever put to me, and like, I haven't done the studies, man, so, and, and if I go looking for them, I'll find a study that tells me whatever the hell it is you want it to say. <laughs> uh, but the best way, and like, it's sometimes, like logic just wins out, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, dude, we have no impact upon the coral reef. Dude, if you go look at a coral reef, we're looking uh, in a sea of coral for the handful of artistically perfect corals that aren't too big, aren't too small, and have the perfect color in a sea of brown. Man, we're taking out almost nothing out of the ocean here. Like, it is mm. just not real. I uh,
0: think well, if. If the impact, if uh, the world's impact to the ocean was a pie and you had this reef keeping saltwater aquarium industry's impact, probably this really, 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 really tiny sliver, in yeah. my own opinion. Uh, the general I think thing, it's a bigger sliver, but for me, it's not that.
1: Well, the real thing, if you're talking about coral reef, its environmental impact, like, you know, acidification from extra CO2 in the air, adding carbonic acid, like it's real. Like nobody would Mm -hmm. even the like most uh, polarized politically opposite of uh, this conversation would probably admit that I can measure the CO2 in the air. I can measure the pH in the water. It has definitely gone down (laughs) hundred percent at these, every scientist, like it just, there's, there's no, and it's not like weather that changes all the time, man. The pH of the ocean is pretty yep. stable. Yep. yep. All right, so uh, in this case, uh, ethical treatment, well, uh, I'm not all that worried about this specific act. So like you opened up, there's like people, the sky's gonna fall and there's people who are like, who cares at all? Well, it's probably, like much closer to very unlikely than likely that this makes it into the Senate bill and then turns into law. Uh, we will find out uh, as uh, time turns out, but I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. Mm-hmm. All right. So in that spirit though, I am worried about the next one. Right. And that's a lot of what today's conversation is really going to be about is how do we stave this off? Cause it just keeps coming. It is inevitable. If you look around, you see it in every industry, you see it in every green conversation it is gonna pound you from all angles until it eventually wins. It's happened with parrots. It's happened with birds. It's happened with insects. It's happened Mm -hmm. uh, with lizards and frogs. It happens to everything. If we sit here and think for some reason, man, it's not gonna happen to corals and fish. uh, I don't know if you got your eyes wide open. I I don't (laughs) know, man. Like it, there's, that's more of a hope and a dream than it is uh, uh, predicting reality. Mm. So. I'm more concerned about the next one and the one that comes after that. And the one that comes after
0: that, most likely they're going to grow or they're going to take a new either. They're going to grow the next one. Like, I mean, just from the Hawaii band to what we're talking about today is a big uh, step up in like trying to regulate this hobby. And uh, from there, it's probably just going to get bigger or from a different direction or a different approach. Uh, But we're going to get attacked a lot.
1: I actually didn't share this with you. Uh, So the first time this one came up uh, to me was like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, And somebody brought this up that, hey, there was, I can't even remember what it was about. But in the end, one of the stories that came out of this was... It, you'd think that this is about people that are, you know, thinking about sustainability, you'd think about these invasive species, you think it's about like COVID or something, but a lot of it was actually just about money. Not surprise, right? I'm not surprising. Okay, but what they were doing apparently, is there some, or at the time, I don't know, maybe this is still going on, somebody can chime in. Uh, what they were doing was, you can file frivolous lawsuits with the U.S. government spend all of these hours these billable hours filing these lawsuits that they know full well the US government isn't prepared to tackle yet and after a certain point of time if the US government hasn't gotten back
0: to you just get a judgment
1: no they have to recoup your lawyer fees oh so this was all about a bunch of lawyers that are you know going out there doing this thing with the sole function of just to get reimbursed by the government creating very difficult to litigate things only get reimbursed from the government it's
0: I like, like <laughs> it's like a free free paycheck uh, like uh, wow, wow there's
1: a special place for you uh, so in that spirit uh The conversation uh, for us, man, is do the things that you can really manage about. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is really about that sustainable thing and being able to have a defensible position. Uh, And we're going to have a big conversation about that today, Uh, because that's probably the ones that will come next and the one that will come after that. And how do we position ourselves to beat that? So that uh, like this isn't is an issue to us. And we learn from all the people that came before us and uh, you know what, we can stand on two feet and uh, do it proudly. It's so
0: not, not necessarily pointed at the issue that we're talking, uh, that is in front of us today, because, like you said, you believe that this one is probably not going to make it, but we'll more again. will come.
1: They will come again. That's, you
0: know, that's the point of what we want to talk new about angle today. each time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, OK, so uh, in the
1: conversation of regulating fish and coral is going to keep coming uh, The heart of that uh, and my own concern and the rest of today's conversation is about ethical treatment and sustainability. Is that real? You know, people will debate it all day long. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a dive into that today. Uh, and is it going to be keep coming or it is going to keep coming until something's passed? It will. So just stop it. Like this isn't necessarily a story of whether it really is ethical or not, because it just doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if it's sustainable. It's going to keep coming until something passes, and none of us uh, will like it at all or want this to happen. Some outcomes worse than others. Yeah. The current, <laughs> the current one. Uh, I would agree that everybody everybody that I've talked to said that is the ugliest looking bill I've seen. Uh, we don't want that one. Okay. The severity though is likely closely tied to how we all approach it today and every day off after that. Uh, we don't have to learn the hard way and it's all about changing the conversation and support. And so think about today how you want to talk about this going forward, because if you want to talk about it the same way we talked about it, 10 years, but you're. 10 years ago, expect a really bumpy Mm. road going forward. If you want to change, man, then you can expect something positive uh, or you just close your eyes.
0: Well, I think uh, there's, we're gonna get to these, there's three paths that we're gonna talk about uh, to get there for this uh, ethical treatment and whatnot too. And I I would imagine that, you know, in varying degrees of your experience, your exposure to the reefing hobby, you probably fall in one of these camps. There I I can say there was a time where I was uh, the first path, there was probably a time where I was the second path, and then there's uh, also a time now where I'm the third path. <laughs> the third path. So the first one here,
1: uh, raise your hand if you are this person and you believe that this is the path that we should take going forward to fight this. Close our eyes and let the world happen to us.
0: No, uh, there was a time. <laughs> there was a time where I'm just in the hobby and the whole larger picture uh, just wasn't on my It wasn't on my radar, and not really concerned about it. And if it were to come up, I wouldn't be one of the drones of voices like yelling, picketing, screaming, and stuff. Because I'm just like, yeah, because
1: I got some coral fish in I've my got, house. Look at,
0: look at, I'm taking care of this. Like, yeah. the, my future is right here, <laughs> and yeah, it's doing really good. This
1: is not a priority for yeah. me. So there right? was a
0: time where I was like this, but.
1: Yeah, just, I'm just tired of having an aquarium, guys. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, what am I getting involved here with? Okay, so, uh, but those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, and this history has happened everywhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. we keep talking about, like, has it happened to parrots and lizards and insects and frogs and all that other stuff, dogs, cats, all of it, man. Every one of them. Uh, freshwater fish, man, all of them. Like, we're like one of the last ones, yeah. right? So, does anybody out there feel like somehow coral reefs and fish are going to escape this? No, for what reason do you think that I I don't know, man? So uh, I don't know. I don't want to be doomed to repeat uh, that is a path. You can Uh, stick your head in the sand. Okay, the the next uh, path in front of us is let's go prove to everyone that the reefing industry is done ethically and sustainable. Man, we're going to go out there, we're going to gather all the data, we need all the scientists involved, and man, we are going to prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, We're going to write letters to Congress, we're going to sign petitions, we're going to hire lobbyists, uh, interest interest groups to protect the hobby. Uh, I got a low expectation of that effectiveness uh, based on other industries outcome. Uh, yeah. I S-
0: scream and pick it as much as you want. Yeah, if there's a if, if there is an agenda, it's probably going to go the their way that the world that, that it
1: really will. actually doesn't even matter if any of that stuff is true because the opposition will come up with just as many uh, mm-hmm. cases against it. So like I mean, sometimes I always think of that like a serenity prayer thing, man, like God give me the uh, wisdom and to change it th- or the uh, ability to change the things I can wisdom to accept the things I can't or something, something like prayer. that. <laughs> yeah, I always think of that because like, like I-, I could debate the first part all day long if you want, but in the end, it really doesn't matter. No. You know, the, the part of it is uh, we're on a trajectory, man. So uh, and I'm just going to say it like, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, we're on the wrong side of an inevitable outcome. Mm. The wrong side of an inevitable outcome. I'm sure there's lots of people that don't want me to say that out loud, but part of hearing that is part of deciding that we don't have an inevitable outcome, we can shape it. Mm. Right, and it doesn't have to even be that hard, man. Like uh, d- it just have to make a couple of different decisions that are just slightly different than the ones that we make today. Yeah, and we're actually so close now in so many ways. We, I just we like,
0: progressively get closer and closer every year in this hobby. Mm-hmm. To that, yep.
1: Yeah, and oh, you know, one of the things I was going to say too is like you even look at this outside of the uh, animals, man. You look at it like, incandescent bulb, right? like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. an incandescent light bulb, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. An incandescent light bulb manufacturer. Well. I had a whole
0: plant dedicated to any incandescent light bulbs, and now you're telling me we're changing everything? I got a
1: 100-watt light bulb that lasts nine months, right? Somebody came out with one that does the same (laughs) amount of light, dude, for six watts, you know, like less than one-tenth of it. And it lasts five years?
0: Not planned obsolescence.
1: Uh, Yeah, as soon as you saw that thing come in, man, it was like soon as you were blockbuster and you saw that movies could actually go through a wire to somebody's
0: house, (laughs) I get on that bus all the way, That was a big run. (laughs) And we all know what happened to blockbusters.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. So the next thing, though, this is the path that I would suggest for everybody. And, like, the the path of lobbyists and interest groups and protecting our hobby and signing petition and writing your senator and stuff. Man, sure, we can do all that stuff. Probably
0: feels good in the moment
1: and you know it's probably a speed bump uh-huh. it'll probably give everybody a little bit of breathing room to do the next thing right so but in the end that will never be the solution on a long enough timeline mm-hmm. uh so uh be, the third one is be a better version of ourselves right which is demonstrate progress uh that we're working to the same goals that you are and uh, the reality is action beats promise every day An action is a defensible position. Meaning I can promise you that I'm going to be a better person every day. And I tell you that my wife would tell you that's true. Uh, I promise I'll be on time today, but you know what that does? That promise is garbage. If I'm late every day and I never make any attempts, man. <laughs> and she's probably watching right now laughing, you know, like when are you going to be home, run? Right? So I, that's the reality of it is if we go and like when are we're arming you know, the pack or the whatever with to go talk to a senator and say, well, yeah, they have all these great plans for the industry and you know, it's going to be a better thing, whatever. That doesn't beat, you Mm -hmm. know what? Uh, We've gotten 20% reliance off wild caught in the last two years. We think we can get it to 40 in the next two years. Mm -hmm. And within 10, man, probably 80. Uh, And we can create an arc that's available to zoos and universities. We can be part of the solution the same way that in many ways, the hunting industry in fishing industry is, you know, the solution to maintaining animals. uh, uh, available in the wild. Like we help those, those industries help and hurt sometimes depending on the area Manage. Uh, uh, and this by the state. But if you really think about it, you know, the oceans are in danger. Uh, and so like there's little arcs in, all over our homes. There's 50 little arcs in the office here. There's arcs all over Europe, all over Asia, all housing, all of these animals, man, like, Potentially for a future generation
0: as well. Yeah, I think this. Uh, we have been on this path as a hobby for several years now. You take that. Um, uh, take the clownfish. I mean, who's who's out there collecting clownfish in the wild? Uh, I think we've gotten to the point where this is so sustainable uh, that uh, you know, a lot of people can do it in their own home. The the thing here is, you know, uh, to be a better to demonstrate progress, and then we're working towards the same goals uh you know you can point to that as all right here here is our win and here's yellow tangs that's a win and here's mandarin's that's a win and here's you know these handfuls of fish that we're breeding that's a win you know it took uh 10 plus years to get to the point where we are today um but you know to really make an impact here i think that that needs to step up to at a faster, uh, a faster pace. Right? Spending the next 10, 20 years to try to get to the point where you know, we can prove that we're sustainable to where they like, stop regulating this, we got this. You know? uh, it'll take you know, shorter time. We should see action and progress in a shorter time frame.
1: Yeah, so if clownfish, like if, if you're pulling, there's no reason to pull clownfish out of the ocean anymore, man. There's like, I mean, there's so many, dude. Uh, breeding uh, it was is like everywhere. so simple. It was like the first generation, right? And and now it's so cheap too, dude. It, like there's mm. no reason. Uh, but actually, I was talking to somebody, uh, a good friend of mine, about uh, breeding angels the other day, and like, you know, you would think that, well, guys, it's all too expensive. We can't do this. You're gonna drive the prices up. It's not true, man. Like uh, maybe initially you do, but like once you build the thing out, dude, it's Probably cheaper to breed mm. the things than it is uh go you know hunt them down the ocean, ship them all over the planet
0: well to the biggest part and the you know for the seller of the those types of fish and whatnot you know uh, how many times how many of you like go shopping and you search for organic you know mm-hmm. there's this you know label that says somebody it took the time and effort to make sure that no pesticides no GMOs no none of this stuff is in this food and I seek out that food because I like it because it's better same in the the captor in the fish industry you know like wouldn't you be proud to tout that all of the fish that you sell in your store uh, are captive bred have no have, have little to no or negative impact on, on the ocean
1: you know as a st- like I would imagine no if there's only 3 species available true yeah. yes if you have developed 150 mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so uh that was this, the thing about it is like Dude, it ain't actually that hard to, you know, breed these angels. Now, the people that do it, well, you know, hold it near and dear to the heart because it's a skill set that is, uh, you know, they're using it to provide for their families. Right. Right. But like, how do we help those people scale that operation so we can actually, you know, replace the need for these things? All right. So here's the big question, Randy. I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> Are animals in reefing treated ethically randy
0: um uh, yeah it, it's a it's a yes and no question uh there's there's in, i would imagine you know in any of these like living animal situation dogs cats you know any any of the pet in, or pet hobby or pets that that, that we keep could have uh, it, there's these bad apples and there's good apples and there's people that keep their dogs chained up outside in this tiny little fence. They live there their entire life. They have a terrible life and uh, unethical. Then there's the dog that gets to stay at home and this is the family pet and uh, you know gets treated like uh, royalty and whatever. That's you know is that that's not not, not unethical. So there's both sides of the spectrum. Uh, 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 can can anybody raise their hand in this hobby and say i have never treated an animal in my tank or ever had an animal that was unethically treated meaning that you know it lived its full course of life that i tre- I, I cared for it as if it were in the wild and now it you know just ran its course
1: here's the deal if i t- told you to go and look at 10 of the importers uh, facilities 10 10- just random fish stores and 10 homes of where these things live in the reefer's house you would find good actors and you would find bad actors Mm. uh and the question isn't does that exist or not because it's just true yeah Uh, some people do this better than others some have the desire to do it the old ways some have the desire to do it new and better ways uh and it's just who's going to do it. Uh, well, and so
0: in, in the the definition of, you know, of ethical is such a broad spectrum. Like maybe you know maybe I feel like I'm treating my fish ethically, but I'm you know maybe only feeding them once every couple of days or once every three days, and is that ethical? I, uh, mm.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to this. There's a uh, lot to that question. So the real answer to that isn't, does uh, it uh, bad or good? Like you said, man, there's still puppy mills that exist, you know, and there's mm-hmm. still breeders uh, that exist. There's a better way and there's a bad way. right? <laughs> uh, and so how do we incentivize the bad actors to become good? Because most of them, if it was economically in their best interest, would do it
0: yeah, I think that's probably the biggest reason that they don't is okay, because so stuck in old ways. Yeah, you're making money doing this old ways, and it doesn't matter how you got there. Is what it is. Uh, or how do we encourage the good actors to flourish?
1: Mm. You know take the people that already want to do good, give them more resources, give them more encouragement, uh, and help them, you know, like brave the new path. These are the trailblazers and they will get shot in the back, man, because there are risks involved with doing something new. But if you draw out the map, there's no question, man, the good actors will be the future of our hobby. And they'll be the reason why I don't just keep running these stupid acts.
0: Yeah, right. Yep. Okay. So how do we turn more people into uh, good actors that flourish?
1: Yes. So there are three stages of, I guess, uh, you know, reef care or ownership. One of them is sourcing. One of them is health of the actual animal when you Mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. And then the third one's how do you care for it when you're done? Yeah. Like when you get, when you get this thing, how does the reefer at the end care for this thing? Okay. So normally this conversation starts the way you think it would, which is like, like
0: top of the pyramid down.
1: Yeah, you source the fish. You found it in the ocean. You boated it here, or you flew it here. Goes uh, to distributor. Blah, blah blah blah, and yeah. then it ends up at a fish store. Ends up at your house, whatever. I think it's actually in reverse. I agree. Uh, and so it's you'd think it starts with imports, but that's not true. Uh, it starts with hobbyist success rates, right? Limiting mortalities to begin with and eliminating unnecessary demand. Like for every fish that uh, all of us don't kill, there's less demand on another one coming out of the ocean. End of story, right? Uh, These animals can have higher success rates actually in our tanks than they do in the wild sometimes by decades. In fact, uh, the, the thumbnail, uh, that we had, of do you care about me on this video? Oh, that's
0: your 10, 10 year old. No,
1: man. I think he's like 17, 15, 17 year old, uh, uh, clownfish man that I got at my first IMAC. He, I took that picture today. He's, you know, living in a tank here in the office, man. He lived 15 years here in the wild. Uh, dude would have never, ever, ever survived anything approaching that. And so if you think about, you know, doing this well, it's about how do we make sure that they live, you know, not like as long as like necessarily that any human being possibly could live or any organism,
0: but like their natural lifespan. Let's help
1: them achieve better results than they would in the wild. And then I can feel good.
0: Well, you think about uh, early on in this hobby de- uh, decade or almost a, or a couple decades ago, what was the survivability rate of any fish that you put, took out of the ocean and put in your in your aquarium? Low. Uh, even the even the ones that we would consider easy to keep or novice or beginner, you know. All
1: right. So here's the here's the bad news, guys. Uh, uh, this part makes me angry, and if it doesn't make you angry, I think you're on the wrong side of this. Like right. you should be disappointed by this news, right? Because uh, some of the people saying the negative things about us and our hobby are right.
0: Mm. So we're and, talking from the, from the three uh, points of sourcing, uh, health, and uh, the care. care we're the on the, the care, starting with us as hobbyists. Us
1: at home, how we are taking care of these fish.
0: When I entered the hobby,
1: I heard uh, later on, somewhere along the line, the elephant in the room here is that there's 90% failure of reef tanks in the first 12 months. So I set up my tank mm. in 12 months, that thing doesn't exist. And hidden within that message is, well, what happened to the animals then?
0: Oh yeah, uh, it's not that it, my tank yeah. failed. When you, when you think about what does it, my tank failed mean? Yeah. Dead fish, dead corals. Even if it was just filled
1: in algae, and I brought the you know fish back to the aquarium. And that means that if I got them back to the fish store, 90 percent chance they land in somebody else's hands that also didn't have the same you mm. know, effect. Okay.
0: Unsuccessful. Yeah. All
1: right. So that was the news that like that was just like the shooting from the hip number that was shared with me. And I'll be frank. Uh, uh, I tended to believe that it, it sounded about right to me, like and about you know, one in 10, nine in 10, like couldn't get past the algae, got terrible advice from somebody, just didn't know what to do. And like the process of listening to everybody in the universe, tell you what to do on every forum and you just never pieced it together. Right. I wasn't surprised if, if that was true. All right. So here's the sad part. I got a pulse on
0: this. I think that number turned out to be true. That 90% of people don't make it past a year.
1: Okay, this is where I got this from, is uh, uh, this, we got this from when we acquired Marine Depot last year, right? We looked into their data and we found out that roughly 87% of the reefers
0: there. New customers. New
1: customers didn't make it a year.
0: Didn't come back to continue to buy. 3%
1: away from what the shooting from the hip was, Mm. right? Like, oh, wow, that's ugly. You know, like, uh, that is not good news. I mean, you
0: could say that, you know, maybe some of them just didn't continue to buy from Marine Depot and bought somewhere else, but uh, the the majority of 87% is m- likely due to their failed, their tank in the first year.
1: I'm going to give you a contrast to that uh, because we had our own data. I just had never seen that one,
0: right? Well, It's avoidable It's the problem. Yeah. Right.
1: So that is totally avoidable, a hundred percent avoidable. And I'm going to show it to you in just a second, why that's so avoidable and such garbage. If that doesn't make you angry that that is the general pulse in the high man, like nothing really will, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and so in that case, man, I know this because 65% of all of you being BRS customers make it five years. 65%
0: of customers are continually purchasing for their tanks after five years.
1: And you know what, 15% of you, uh, roughly anyway, have five tanks, man. This is not failure, right? (laughs) This is, you guys, are the information seekers? You are the people that said, "I don't want to fail," and when you went out and sought out information and applied it, you didn't, right? Mm. And so, like, it isn't true. And I like. Like BRS is the largest online retailer in our hobby by a l- huge magnitude. It's true. Meaning the number one leader here has way higher success rates, man, uh, than what used to be. And it wasn't always that way. I mean, we were always, for much of the history, we were below Marine Depot.
0: Right? And, not, and not, you know, the, the thing about it is like, not just past a, a, a year, five years, there's a pretty long run for a tank, and some going even 10 years but the 15% have more than five tanks. Only 10% one year
1: versus 65 for five. Totally different trajectory. All right, so why is that, man? And this is that heart of that piece of like, if we can be successful, we can stop the demand on unsuccessful and contributing to mortalities Mm -hmm. and the ugly side of this thing. And if I'm having these things successful for five years, like it's almost certain, man, This animal is better off in my tank and it's actually living a longer, healthier life in my tank than it is in the ocean.
0: This is the type of data of being successful as an aquarist for multiple years to decade and decades plus that will change that, that will drive that, hey guys, uh, you up in the uh, government and all of these people making decisions, like this hobby is sustaining itself and we're becoming more and more successful at keeping these animals.
1: So the difference too is like, I I told you, man, you should be angry about the failure, right? Because it's so avoidable. The other part of it is if you're in this other group, man, of people that made it past that and not having these problems, you get to say, I am one of the good actors. I am one of the people that thought sought out information, did it well, and I'm caring for these animals, and that's why I don't understand the other side of this this hottest conversation. Because who's doing it other way than I would do it? Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Uh, So uh, pat yourself on the back, man, if you're part of one of those groups of people. And this is the reason why I think it happens this way at at BRS. It's because 300,000 of you in the last month watched 1.5 million BRS TV videos. These are all people seeking out information and how to do this better. And when they find that information, they just last longer, have more success, and care for the animals better. End of story.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be a better, I wouldn't be like the bass fisherman I am today if I didn't watch all of those videos, decide that I'm going to apply all of those, you know, techniques and tactics, and then uh, now I can go to body water and, you know, catch bass.
1: So just see
0: if you guys didn't catch it.
1: That's actually the secret sauce to be arrested. Uh, like we haven't really shared it in that manner before, mm. because you know how did BRS end up becoming what it is? I'm like, dude, because we sold pumps better than somebody else? Because that's oh. just certainly not true.
0: Everybody had a place to go to buy a pump, buy yeah. a skimmer.
1: It's because all of our competitors were letting ninety percent of their customers fail every year, and they had to go find new ones every single year to replace it, where all of you guys are being successful and you just layer on top of each other, man, like success, build success. And then from our perspective, like great man, great for the business, but also something that we can all feel proud about as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is a business that does it better. This is a reefer being you guys that does it better and we all belong in the same pool. So, uh, I do share this though not, uh, the secret sauce here, not to like Pat you on the back and Pat me on the back and Pat Randy on the back and everybody here at the BRS team. But it's to acknowledge man that that 90% failure garbage doesn't have to be true. And you know, I welcome like everybody that can share information, Mm -hmm. uh, get out there and do it because that is what will change the trajectory of the hobby, eliminate all of those failures. So, here's the piece man that like Randy and I, when we were discussing this topic today is yeah, you can have just like random information about this and thought sharing what you do, should do or should, not should, do. Should, yeah. Right. But what are you actually going to sign up for, man, to do better in the future? What are you going to say? Nah, man, the buck stops here. This, we're going to do our end yeah. better than we did before. This is my
0: hobby and I'm going to fight for it now.
1: Yes. All right, so right uh, came to mind to me is just keep investing in the investigates because for us, that's where all the information comes out of. How do we do it better? How do we do it more intelligent? How do we get to the high percentage results? And for those of you who haven't been following-
0: That's where innovation is. Yeah. We've been doing this biome from. testing. Mm-hmm.
1: So the biome testing has been, how do I s- cycle a tank, right?
0: Well, basically I, answering the question, what's the best way to cycle a tank? Like the highest path of success for anybody who wanted to start a tank, we're actively investigating it.
1: We got 12 tanks, man. We got 12 different methods. we been we're going gonna, for three months. Now As soon as we get the last biome test in the next two weeks, we're going to restart it with uh, another uh, uh, edition of this test because we want to hone into it. Like if nine or a hundred people started a, a tank and wanted to cycle it, 99 would be successful right? 99, man. That's the goal. Like, I uh, sorry, one guy, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean like we just have to keep helping like that 90% failure, garbage, 99% positive outcome man is what we're looking for and so let's just keep investing more and more information more investigates help everything we can do to reduce the demand on mortality replaced
0: fish well that's the thing Uh, that's the biggest one the more successful that you are that we are as hobbyists the less impact we have and then we can point to it and say you know our impact from 10 years ago to our impact now has diminished by 80, 80, 90% because we've gotten better at keeping these animals and keeping them alive. You know, and
1: some of those things is like now, like you didn't know it in year two, but in year 17, I know like all of the failures that happen in year one to two are technique problems. Mm -hmm. All the failures that happened in year three to year 10 are, you know, reliability of the life support problems. Like the gear just breaks and you're like, you have to be there to fix it. Right, 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 right. right. I have to anticipate it, redundancy, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, you start to realize like, how do I make it five years? And like the skill sets evolve, you know, over time and the investment in it change as the pride in the tank goes up as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say also, man, like this is really easy for us to say because uh, this more investigate stuff, oh, and more information yeah. is because this is our sweet spot. This yeah. is what we've been doing for you know a decade plus. We're, n-
0: we're not growing and selling corals professionally to, or uh, on a professional business level to sell them. We're not raising fish and reselling fish. The gear and uh, you know learning more about the hobby. Uh, we have the resources to test the things that nobody really else has the resources and access to. This is why they, this is our area to improve. I'll just say,
1: as someone who sells gear, we should be held accountable to help you use it successfully. End of story. End of story. Yeah. Next one. All right. So uh, now we're all healthier, man. Uh, now we've gotten to a world where not just BRS, but everybody mm-hmm. is uh, making it five years. The hobbyists. 99% ha- are uh, making a person fast per year. We've totally changed the trajectory of that stuff.
0: So now, if the masses are doing better uh, for our hobby, the next tier up is uh, selling and adding healthy animals.
1: Creating a defensible position when these stupid acts show up that we do it better than everybody else. And we are not part of the problem. Like the stupid parrot people were, you know, like just ripping them all out and they're all gone. Mm-hmm. No man. Like, uh, we are not part of that problem. We are part of the solution. We're doing it proactively. Okay. So selling and adding, uh, uh, healthy animals, meaning, The first number one thing here is this is all about quarantining at the store or at home yeah it's all like healthy animal means that i bought a pet that put it in my house and it's healthy right i don't really believe in the home path past the one percent even less for uh first timers meaning that you're going to be able to do currently as we talk about it today the average person is going to quarantine at home uh, with really high success rates and actually reduce mortalities in the world that we live in today, it will change, mm-hmm. but in the world that we live today, I just really don't believe that. And I definitely don't believe it for, I did, I'm doing this for the first time.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I don't think uh, I'll get there.
1: Like I just bought decided to buy a tank and a clownfish today. today. I mean, Quarantine, no way.
0: Yeah. So, you know, getting these healthy animals at home, like you said, uh, it's probably not for more than the 1%. Uh, you know the 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 one problem that can kind of caveat on from the last uh, from what we just talked about is uh, the the barrier of information the information to, to be more successful to do this at home or as a first timer. Uh, so you know where we sit today, uh, that's not where, that's not the information. The information isn't readily available as it is for other things. You know, uh,
1: it is in the same way that like Dana Riddle's articles existed, just nobody read them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah right.
1: Yeah. If you only stopped to assembled read an article, it. we had to answer this question, 15 years ago. Just nobody paid attention.
0: Nobody assembled it and put it into a, like a here, do this. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it's out there. Yeah, uh, you know. So then the burden of uh, the uh, the burden of this, you know, as it sits today, should be then where on the stores, on the importers.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna say it the way it is, and this is gonna be a really unpopular sentence with a lot of people, even some people, man, that uh, I care about and uh, have businesses that that, uh, I want to help them thrive, but at the end of the day, dude, it's still true. Uh, It is that the onus on healthy pets uh, is on the people selling the pets to provide healthy pets. It isn't on us to buy unhealthy organisms, man, and try to fix it.
0: I think that I think that holds true in the uh, top two pets of the pet industry or the uh, uh, global pet industry, dogs and cats. Like the, the health of the animal that you are selling to people is on you.
1: Can you imagine if the person's like, hey, dude, I'm going to give you sick puppies that uh, yeah. you're on your job to turn them around? <laughs>
0: I, got, I collected all of these from, uh, you know, down in uh, some dirty, desolate place. I gathered them this all up coughing. for you. Here, this one's yours. This one's yours. This now one's you.
1: got coughing and has is coughing and has a visible parasite. Type. Treat them at home. Uh, no yeah, I don't, that would never work. No yeah. Okay. Uh, so like we have to like the 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 standard today is that like it's just okay. I I, I don't know man like uh, so here's the the thing about it is shift from the hope and pray to acceptance, like right now, so many people just dump hope and pray that it doesn't get my house sick or my, my, all my, not only that thing doesn't die, but it doesn't kill everything else in the day.
0: Well, that hope and pray is uh, extends all the way, not just from when I bring it home to maybe some LFSs are just like, Hey, I got it in. I'm hoping and praying that it stays good until somebody comes and buys yeah. it out of my display. And then the same thing on the, uh, on the import end, like I'm hoping and praying that all of these fish that just came in, all of them or some, most of them make it.
1: So here's the bit, like as a hobbyist that, you know, has one tank at house, it's hard to really know the answer to this question. And, And even by the hope and pray method, right? We've had it here where like hope and pray method worked until there was a power outage and the temperature dipped four degrees. And then all of a sudden that Achilles tang like broke out an ick and wiped everything out with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, Became the ick magnet, uh, breeding farm. Like, so it's not even just, you know, it seems like it's going to be good today, but you're just waiting for that one thing to go wrong in the next five years. And then you don't make it uh, to uh, the, uh, that level of success. Mm. All right. So, uh, Everyone that is in this hobby for a long time, everybody really has seen these animals and how the system that they go through and snake through uh, to eventually make it to your house will say shift from that hope and pray approach to acceptance that holding bins and nature are filled with disease and parasites. Bad things happen when they're added to a small box of water with a high concentration of hosts. Just true. So uh, what do we do in that environment? Well, uh, we're going to have to learn how to quarantine. And so we keep you know, telling you that uh, we're going to teach you how to quarantine with Elliot's help. Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Right? He was actually supposed to be here today. <laughs> uh, but uh, the problem is, is he's breeding fish and he has a little baby fish and he can't leave them because they, they got to be fed like, you know, multiple times a day, yeah. you know, if not by almost the hour when they're really small. Uh, and so like, can't get here to do this stuff and just always something comes up man we just got to stop that excuse though and one of those cool excuses that can stop is now Matthew uh, my first uh, fish tank uh, who's on the other channel of ours the bulk reef channel uh, actually lives in LA too so maybe he can go down there and work with him uh, on this topic that'd be awesome and related to how he's breeding dude one of the things that uh, in relation to adding healthy arm animals is farmed Uh, coral and bred fish uh, have way higher survival rates than
0: wild. They're just hardier, corals that were raised, farmed, and fragged in the artificial box and then shipped and sent and put into a different artificial, but they're just used to that environment.
1: Imagine the journey of a coral, like it's plucked off of Indonesia, like sits on the beach for a little bit goes and finds its way to a holding bin, gets on a plane, flies all the way around the world to L.A., sits in a holding bin, then goes to a fish store, sits in another holding bin, and then makes it to whatever quality of water is at your house. Yeah. Or... The guys over at Worldwide Corals farm it and back, ship it to your house, and it's there tomorrow. And it's. Uh, Colors of the same. In the same water that this it was lived in. Yeah. Uh, it's probably using similar lights than you're using at home. Uh, it has used to artificial seawater. It's used to artificial lighting, artificial flow, and it has multiple generations of that uh you can see real quick why there's total difference in mortality and success rates and also you don't see the color changes on them you don't mm-hmm. see uh like you know all kinds of negative things you you don't have the same kind of risk of pests from the wild yeah you know yeah. all kinds of things that just don't happen if you farm it same thing
0: with uh, breeding the fish you know like, like well we used to have a hard time keeping mandarins now mandarins are uh, bred and Bread that uh, you know they are trained, you know frozen fish food feeders.
1: Mm-hmm. I, and so pellets. It's,
0: I, and pellets in pellets and fish food. Like if I can start to breed a class of mandarins that can that can eat prepared foods, uh, mm-hmm. then my chance of you know the survivability of that fish versus one that God I hope I have copepods in my tank for this thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So what can BRS do? What can we sign up
1: for on on this front? Right. Uh, one, we can sign up to support breeders, so and farmers. So, mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to Worldwide today uh, about a couple of videos. I'm gonna fly down there and shoot with them, uh, and he told me today, man, that they do 60 plus percent uh, aquaculture now, and they're shooting for 90, knowing that 100 percent is going to be necessary in the near future. Yeah. They are not letting the world happen to them. They're happening to the world.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if you didn't catch it earlier in the stream when we first started, like, uh, you know, the thought process here for today's conversation isn't that, uh, is that this, you know, out of the 200 amendments, this Lacey Act one, we've seen this type of stuff before. uh, Probably not gonna make it through in, in our opinion, but it will come up again. And now we're talking about how we can stop this from coming. How up do we again.
1: stave off the next thing and the one after that and the one after that? Mm-hmm. And it's being a better version of ourselves. Yes. All right. So, uh, in that spirit, we can support breeders. We can support uh, uh, the uh, uh, farmers. We can support those that sell healthy pets uh, and get the end uh, and uh, get to the end of the home uh, QT series. So. I think of QT at home as, there's two problems with QT at home that, like, why people don't do it. One, I think of it as the perfect rack of ribs, right? Mm. I could spend a lifetime, man, trying to figure out the right smoker, the right seasoning, the right uh, cleaning, the right whatever. If I did it on my own, man, it's going to take me 10 years to figure it out.
0: To perfect it. Or
1: I could go over my business partner, Andrew's house. uh, And if he was kind enough, he would just show me his 10 years of work. And tomorrow, man, I'd be able to uh, make a perfect rack of ribs pretty damn close. (laughs) Uh, It was not that the application of the knowledge is actually that hard. It's the acquisition of the knowledge that's that hard. Uh, And then also one of the problems that I've seen with QT is You know, the people that are sharing this information are all thought leaders and they're all like, you know, various degrees of scientists in many cases, and they like to protect their butts, meaning they don't say definitives and they don't like to leave out things. And so if you're going to do treat for Ick, here's the 16 different ways to treat for Ick, and they don't really tell you the one that they would do, Mm -hmm. which is what you guys want. I don't really necessarily I mean, maybe phase two or three, I want to know all that stuff right now. I just want to know a way to eliminate Ick, Velvet, uh, Uranium or, that one's difficult, uh, Brook and uh, flukes from the tank. If I can hit all of those with one reasonable method, man, mission accomplished for a vast majority of people and not the 15 different ways to do it, just, if I was going to recommend to my grandma how to do this, this is the way I would do it, and I'm not, you know, protecting my butt to her. I'm just going to give her the best guidance I could possibly give.
0: Well, if we can get, you know, if we can get that buy-in, like you know, if we can help make those videos to make you, people at home successful with QT. Coupled with the uh, local fish stores implementing their own QT process uh, to the point where like, it's a selling point at how well cared for these, the you know, high survivability of these fish are that I'm selling to you. Uh, big impact on the future
1: so one of the differences too here is the the difference between uh being able to make a rack of ribs and being a pit boss is uh, i know all of them and i know how to correct for you know issues that come up like yeah. uh, the woods burning too hot blah 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 that becomes a pit boss right so if i only goal was to teach you how to quarantine the fish uh, proactively well, you know what? Uh, that's actually not that hard. Now, if your goal is to treat a ick outbreak, treat a brook or velvet outbreak, this is getting closer to veterinarian, yeah. right? Because you have to identify the disease, you have to identify the right method. Some cases you're gonna have to get them to fish to eat the right medications, and like, a bunch of different things you're gonna have to happen that are difficult. And you're going to have to do them inside of a reef tank in much case, in many cases where instead, if I did it before they went in, I'm going to dramatically reduce the chances I have any of this. I can definitely choose QT or, or teach QT. Can I teach how to treat those things? That is definitely level two, three, or four yeah. uh, beyond you're becoming the fish veterinarian. First step can be done. Shouldn't be confused with step four. All right. So, Selling and adding healthy animals. I'm going to tell you right now, if the industry doesn't change to uh, a, a standard of uh, that the people selling the pets have the accountability to provide healthy pets, Mm. we're on a low outcome trajectory, right? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So next one sourcing. So, this is where do these fish come from out of the wild? Are they farmed or where do the corals come from? Are they, uh, you know, maricultured? Are they farmed on, on shore? Uh, are we just plucking them out of the ocean?
0: Mm. Are they um, bred and raised on land? Are they bred and raised in the ocean? Are they pulled from the ocean, raised and reared and released back into the ocean? Like,
1: yeah, so this is, a, this is where a lot of the debate actually comes in and I wish that like, a lot of the conversation, like the, the first part, like there's a part about, are you pulling stuff out of the ocean? Is it sustainable? Those first two parts that we talked about, which is, uh, making sure we have health, healthy animals going in there and caring for them, and then help having five years success with them instead of the 12 months of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is how we erase that com- like that whole bit about you know how many animals die in our hobby. That needs to be erased. Like do we have to get rid of that, shed it off of us, get it out of the DNA of this hobby. No man, we care for our pets, and in fact, they last longer, healthier lives inside of our tanks than they do in the ocean. End of story. that, that is what we need to get to,
0: but that's an audacious goal.
1: It's not, man. It's not. It's not that far away. It, it actually makes me mad when we think that it's hard because it's not because all the people watching here today are people if you watch now man, an hour into this video dude you are engaged in your tank and you are doing this better than other people there's no way you're not you? yeah right so uh, why aren't we can't help the other people get the same thing uh, all right so sourcing what is good look like okay so This is the part that, you know, a lot of times you talk about bad actors and stuff more than the rest and good actors breeding, funding breeding farming efforts is probably the most important. Like in the end, like most of freshwater fish, I believe are now farmed. Most of lizards and parrots and all that stuff are are all bred. So uh, how do we get to that, you know, standard now and it has to be funded. And when I say funded, I mean, everyone, mm-hmm. the wholesaler needs to fund it. The local fish store needs to actually promote it. Like you mentioned, man, like all these things here are, uh, are actually better man for the world. You and your tank, uh, uh, BRS needs to help fund it. And the reefer has to do it too. And nobody likes to hear, man, that like the end person, the person buying this stuff has s- the responsibility. Pay more money. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's true, dude. None of the other things are gonna do any of this if you guys don't ask for it or want it.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, this is a big hurdle you know, in the whole sourcing aspect of uh, you know, where our hobby is going in that you know, the money right now, uh, the bulk of the money isn't going towards the bulk of the, uh, the saltwater aquarium industry uh, dollars isn't going towards research, research and development for breeding new fish or breeding different species and fish, and then you know, reducing the impact. Uh, bulk of the money is going for, uh, you know, I'm, uh, me, Joe Blow, reefer, am willing to buy fish that probably has a pretty low success rate to begin with, uh, but man, are they cool, and I'm going to buy them, and uh, you know. If we were able to raise the funds today and say, "Okay, all of us reefers, uh, every single person with a reef tank, donate five bucks to this or to, cool. to this GoFundMe, and we can build some uh, plants and whatnot," it's not going to be as instantaneous as that. But you know, we're talking like the next five, ten plus years of how uh, this hobby is going to be, uh, you know, more sustainable, uh, more ethical. Uh, maybe you pay, you know, extra money for those, uh, already captive bred fish. Maybe you make a stand as a hobbyist and say, you know, I'm, I'm only going to buy, you know, corals that were farmed and I'm only going to buy fish. Uh, Maybe I only get five fish because there's only, you know, a handful of fish being bred right now, but dang it, you know, I'm supporting with my dollars.
1: So when you hear more, I mean, most people are like, well, I don't want to pay triple for that, right? It might actually be cheaper in the end. In the long run? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because like, dude, breeding clownfish is not an expensive task, you know? Breeding even angelfish is not an expensive task. I man. it's getting that facility up to begin with, will have some costs, but after we get that, these things are actually going to go back down because you're going to be able to produce them faster than you could harvest them out of the ocean in most cases. Mm. And many of these things weren't even available, man. Like if you wanted a healthy regal angel, dude, uh, good luck. It is very difficult to get one that a just to get it period. B to get it uh, one that is eating and healthy. Now, if you bred it and it was eating and healthy artificial food from the time that uh, it was basically spawned, well, you know what? Did that guy's going to be successful in your tank? And it's worth double, yeah. but it probably won't even cost double.
0: Well, uh, you know that gets back to the uh, um, increase in cost of uh, you know fish and corals and things like that. Uh, for those who have been in the hobby for any extended period of time and remembers, you know, when things were were extremely cheap, you know, this hobby has grown. There's more and more people in the hobby. There's a higher, higher demand for uh, these things or for these types of fish in the hobby. So you know, with increased demand, increased price, this is why that price of captive bread will start to go down because I can produce raise and rear these fish that every hobbyist wants faster than I can go source it from the ocean, ship them, the loss of survivability, you know, the survivability rate in these holding facilities before it gets to me, uh, a lot of that gets cut out because, you know, we're buying, you know, swaths of uh, captive bred.
1: Yeah. Uh, also next one, this one is just real too. Uh, like we need to self-regulate slow percentage fish in coral. We have to not uh, wait for somebody to do that to us. We have to do it to ourselves. The hard to,
0: uh, the hard to keeps of the world.
1: Yeah, so everybody can think of five fish right now that probably shouldn't be taken out of the wild. And if you're thinking that, it's probably true. And we should probably stop doing it because we can look to people when they come to these stupid acts and you know they're trying to regulate our industry. They're like, no man, we already did it for ourselves. We don't need the regulation. Look, we're already pulling this stuff out. Now I'll say there's some caveats to that because like self-regulating really also means at the store level, uh, you Just know, online or off.
0: Choose not to sell those types of fish. Choose
1: not to sell them, but or tell you uh, what information that low percentage means, meaning, Right now, it might say uh, experts only. Yeah, I don't right? know what that means. What the hell does that mean, man? Like, uh, does anybody know what expert only means? Because I feel like an expert, but that doesn't mean I can take care of that fish, right? What if expert only means, instead of replace that stupid sentence with, uh, fish needs to be fed six times a day, this type of food. I'm out.
0: I could, <laughs> I could make that decision, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like reading the ingredients on food. Like I can make the decision that, hey, there's the list of ingredients. I'm not a big fan of that one. I'll go find something else.
1: Yeah. Like I do I, I don't want to do that That's so an like, unnecessary, like a level of work that I may do now, but I ain't gonna do it for five years. It's
0: like people who go buy dogs. There's different, you know, behavior patterns for different dogs. They fit your different lifestyles. You know, if you go, if you live in a small condo or apartment and you're at work, you know, nine, 10 hours a day, That big, you know, German shepherd that needs all kinds of exercise and can't sit around in the house all day is a big dog. That's not the dog for you.
1: Okay, inverse is true too. What if you are a real expert and you love and adore this fish and you really want to do it right and you don't want to kill it, they've now given you the information to be successful I will figure out how to reliably feed this thing six times a day.
0: Yeah. But the, the problem is, is that nobody the, told in, you. yeah, the information isn't there. The, the care, uh, the care knowledge and everything just, it's there, it's there, it's out there in the world. We said this earlier on, nobody has put that together and delivered it in like some, you know, coralpedia or something.
1: Yeah. Well, and then like, it's like, I, I, I commonly think of antheas in this, like, it's just like, Oh, antheas just die. Oh, the animal doesn't just die. It's either water chemistry, nutrition, husbandry, habitat. Like which one is it, man? In mm-hmm. this case, it's almost certainly
0: nutrition. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So which one is it? we can solve nutrition. You just had to tell me.
0: Yeah, right, uh, I, didn't and even, I didn't even know what the thing needed for nutrition. I'm feeding my entire tank the same thing every single day at the same time every single day. Does that mean that everything in there is taken care of? That's not true.
1: I think that goes on every fish, man. Mandarin, uh, copper band, uh, uh, Morish idols, all these things, they don't just die. There's a reason that it died, and it's probably habitat, it's probably nutrition, it is probably husbandry with other fish, it's probably flow patterns, uh, it's probably something, man, like, it just doesn't die, Mm. right? There's a, a reason. Right, yeah. And they're all solvable. And usually most people uh, that are selling these things actually know, and this is a conspiracy theory for me, uh, but I believe that the reason it says doesn't say feed me six times a day or I'm the only fish that can be in your tank or any one of those things is because if you did, you wouldn't buy it and they wouldn't sell it which is so short sighted you're,
0: you're encouraging people that I think that's the fear of encouraging people not to buy.
1: The reality is, is I'm going to fill my tank up with fish, dude. I just want healthy ones and I want ones that are going to survive. So I actually earn trust with you. If you tell me not to buy the one that I <laughs> thought I wanted, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and get the ones that help me be successful because yeah, that fish is cute or whatever it is. I like its behavior, but I also am unwilling to do that or I am willing to do it, uh, but now I know and now I'll be successful. Mm. So like, they were gonna buy fish. They're gonna fill the tank up with fish. You might as well tell them how to be successful.
0: Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay, another one is uh, uh, better care and handling. Uh, So handling meaning like, you know, the whole process of Coming out of the ocean, going to Indonesia, going to Fiji, going Under to California, California, going to the fish store, going to your house—all this other stuff. So one of the conversations I've had with uh, one of the fish experts in our industry recently is like, "Yeah, pur- purple antheas—don't don't buy them. They're not gonna—they're just gonna die.
0: Right? They'll never yeah. make it to the states.
1: Right. Some some miracle—you know—once in a while, somebody's lucky with one." And I'm like, dude, but that's just not true. And we went through the nutrition thing and he's like, yeah, it's absolutely the nutrition issue. But the problem is is they needed to be fed, you know, multiple times a day at the holding facilities the along process, the way. Yeah. So if you really wanted a healthy one of these, what you probably have to do is find somebody who can go to uh, one of the LA distributors the day the purple anthias come in and start feeding them immediately and to get them to you and then tell you what to do. No, it's possible, but if they don't eat for five days uh, the way they're supposed to, and they're sitting in copper and all that stuff, their stomachs get descended, and then they're just gonna starve to death and die in your tank.
0: Yeah, that's a, it, seems like an, uh, it seems like an easy fix. Feed the fish uh, all the way through the process. The problem is is getting the people from, or getting the, the suppliers from outside the U.S to share that mentality of keeping the fish alive rather than making a buck.
1: Every stage. Every stage. Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. You know what I wish there was? And
1: a lot of people have talked about this is like the stamp of approval, like the seal or certificate, uh, like there's some kind of standard. It's like, you know, USDA organic or something, right? Like, you know, this is a a certified, you know, this is the process that we use for these fish. Mm -hmm. This is the standard that we have for these corals. This is how, you know, we make sure that these animals are treated well and healthy and, like we respect the whole process so that when uh, you know some you know new law shows up you can say nope everything that you've been told is garbage look at all these places that have the seal Mm -hmm. of uh, approval this is the standards that they hold Uh, hopefully there's some independent thing that's going on
0: Uh, Well, you could say this is that. Yeah, I mean, self-regulation. USDA regulates, you know, uh, you know, beef and you know, meat products and things like this. Uh, There's quality control in in a lot of the things that people consume. Uh, The problem is, is like there's no uh, there's no Control over the quality in like this specific hobby, probably in a lot of different hobbies and, and whatnot too. But if we were developed like that, you that USDA stamp, but it's our our own industry recognized uh, regulation that uh, we put this we put this in place on our own, and it's got this stamp of whatever that we all agree on is the best ethical care. Uh, that is the type of the behavior that uh, halts these conversations in government.
1: Yeah, and again, man, you can debate all this stuff all you want, but like all this is coming at us, whether we want it or not, mm. they're gonna keep having these acts come. It's all about having a defensible position when it comes. It's not about writing your senator and all the other garbage, because it, like it, that is a speed bump. It's, maybe it helps, maybe mm. it doesn't, but like it's about being a better version of ourselves. And so in that spirit, self-regulation here, don't sell it. I think of Moorish idols, I think of sea apples, I think of some NPS corals that come to mind. You know, like, dude, if 99 out of 100 of these things are going to die, stop it. Just stop it. Like, there's just no reason to kill 99 animals, man, just for one guy to be lucky. But here's the real reason here, man. Uh, that doesn't actually have to happen that way because that decision you say, you know what, we're not going to bring Moorish idols anymore. Somebody should behind the scenes say, no, maybe we should just actually figure out what the Moorish idol needs to be successful in the tank. <laughs> and, and you know what? I know Jerry, Jim and Jill, and they actually know the answer. Yeah. Let's go find out. Uh, and let's share it with the world instead of hoarding all the knowledge. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I think of the, the, in like, tank trial we did of the uh, clown harem thing, Mm. right? Everybody says you can't do it. Everybody says that you can't have more than two clowns in a tank. They're all just going to kill each other eventually. Uh, I don't know, dude. We did it for five years and we documented the whole time. And, you know, we found out that it was about diet. It was about aggression. It was about husbandry. It was about habitat. Uh, And once you solve all those things and you think about what that a, or an animal actually needs from all of the main things and give it to it. Five years success proved you wrong. Yeah. It wasn't about, you can't do it. It's about how do you do it? It's like, the, you know, the Tang police. You can't have two tanks. That's total crap. <laughs> uh, you can have more than two tanks. You just don't do it wrong. You, so you, have d- to you don't let one get super established, and then you add another one uh, that's, uh, you know, littler than it, and just watch it get eaten, or, or the same size is actually the worst time.
0: Uh, yeah, the Habitat, all of this stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, dude, so it's not about if you can or can't, man. It's how. And so when we decide, I don't know, maybe a sea apple just is a bad time bomb no matter what, but, uh, (laughs) like there's some things in here. Do they're like, if we decide that we just shouldn't sell these if we can't keep them alive, some trailblazers are just going to go out and figure out how to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there will probably be some ethical people that supply a small amount of them for that purpose. Uh, another one here, this one, biota, uh, add as much as you take from the ocean. And I don't know if they're actually doing that Ratio, one for one. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like if you're going to breed, you know, uh, fish and you're going to take stuff out of the ocean, whatever, huh? What happens, man? If you add stuff back, right? Like hey, dude, negative impact, negative impact. We're no. going to go ahead and release a bunch of these yellow tangs and like help, you know, increase the population and help them flourish and be part of of the solution instead of the part of the problem right and like that is the thing is like like i wish legislators got this piece we are when i say we i mean you guys and all of us together are best equipped to protect the reefs the best equipped to protect the hobby, the best equipped to protect the animals, because we're the ones that care about it the most, right? (laughs) And so we are the ones, man, that are best out there. We're bringing awareness. Like the amount of people that have come to my house and come to the office and they say, whoa, I didn't even know that thing that's moving, that's a coral? Yeah. Let me tell you all about it. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, man, there's awareness that it just didn't exist before. And when they see the next coral reef, a, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, bleaching event in the Caribbean, it matters more to them than it did before. Wow. It's mm-hmm. more
0: relevant. I know a guy that's got that's growing that stuff in his house. who could probably repopulate that coral reef.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like so. Can we add back more than we take, or at least it doesn't have to be like one for one? Just because I took out a you know a uh, you know red sea angel, I got to put a red sea angel back in. But like, can I repopulate yellow tanks? Can I mm-hmm. you know populate uh, repopulate trigger fish as a food source? Uh, you know, because there's lots of nations that live off of that. You know, how do I give back to the industry instead? of just take out and I think there's lots of ways to do that in this case it usually isn't on you guys it's you know somebody in the industry Mm -hmm. like ourselves or somebody else is gonna have to step up and say hey this is how we give back and then you have to support those people in that effort
0: well yeah and that gets back with uh, you know to our us as hobbyists and what we can do Uh, and basically I mean you vote with your dollars you you make an impact with the way you spend it's true
1: Alright, so what can BRS do in the next 12 months or so uh, <laughs> on this front? Because this is actually one of the more important fronts. This one is a little outside of our hands because uh, like we don't actually like, you know, touch the animals other, there, other than the way that you do, which is you know, house them in our tanks, in our uh, offices and homes and stuff.
0: We, we, we are experts in, in using your equipment to keep your things alive.
1: I mean that is our our I mean like our DNA here at BRS is how do we keep aquariums alive? How do we create build an the ecosystem? Yeah. Build the life support system, redundancy. It's like you know how do you build the perfect space shuttle is uh, our goal, right? And then there's like you know biologists that say how do you keep the plant alive on the space shuttle? Right, right, right. right? Mm. Okay, so in that case, man. Uh, what we can do is provide information now on how to care for fish and coral like we could go out there and start shooting videos and like how to take care of, uh, you know, Purple Queen Anthea, What you look for. And like, mm-hmm. uh, don't do it unless you're going to do these things because you're probably just gonna kill it, right? right? Uh, don't buy, you know, signal gobies because they're probably not gonna live unless you're willing to do this. And when I say willing to do this, I mean willing to do this like, for the next five years. Yeah, uh,
0: this is a, a, a commitment, just, yeah. like a, just like any other pet.
1: Yeah, like I'm willing to feed this thing every day. It's like, you know, it was a commitment to me uh, at one point with my cat when I decided that I wanted to feed it, you know, raw food. Right. right? Uh, And eventually I moved to whole chicken that was cooked, you know, the beak and all thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, But I didn't like the idea of, uh, you know, raw chicken around my kids and stuff. But in the end, dude, the my my like cat's fur was way better. Its poop didn't stink. It didn't poop as much. All these other things. are Like I don't know. I'm sold. You know. I felt better about it. But now I have to go over to Woody's. You know, drive across town to pick <laughs> this thing up every week. Man, it was a lot of effort. You know. But that is what I decided was better.
0: So, but there's people positioned to to do to spread that coral hair care, fish care information better than we are right
1: there are man like the reality is uh uh there can be other people that we should encourage other people to do this but people
0: who are doing it for a living (laughs) yes selling corals for a living you know Uh, how to take care of that coral more than anything anybody else
1: yeah. I mean, the people that like, I think of, uh, uh, Kevin Cohen, that guy knows more about fish, man, than I could ever know in my whole lifetime. Right? Like <laughs> I, I, so, you know, like share that information to the best of ability. And I actually followed his Facebook for a while. He was sharing really cool stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but like the amount of stuff that, uh, uh, you know, Elliot has, at Marine collectors has shared with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, the part that I think a lot of them are going to have to get past is though, even though it seems like it or in their best, not in their best interest to talk you out of that fish, which is basically hey, this is it, this isn't just expert only it's pain in the ass only. Right. Uh, uh, it is in their best interest, man. And you know, so like, Put on there, man, replace expert only with, what is this fish's natural habitat? What's its natural diet and frequency? Uh, What are the changes to habitat and frequency that would happen in a captive environment? Uh, uh, Reef safe with caution means what? It's gonna eat polyps like 100% of the time, 60 percent of the time? Is it LPS polyps? Is it only monopora? Is it only acropora? Uh, (laughs) Which one of these is it? Because I don't know what reef caution uh, uh, means, man. And like, is there anything I could do? Like if you overfeed this fish, it's very unlikely to happen, right? So, you know, if you want to keep these fish with your uh, Acropora, you probably want some uh, uh, auto feeders. And that also means you better up your filtration game. But like, I can piece all of this together now because you know what? I just really want that fish and I'm willing to do the other things that are
0: required to do it. Well, yeah, there's a, you know, all of the components of keeping the fish alive fall into that, like, you know, teach me about the habitat that these things belong in, teach mm-hmm. me about, uh, I mean, you could tell me where they're central, where they're located and, you know, how they live in the wild and things like that, but uh, teach me how to take care of this thing in my tank, not what it does in the wild, but uh, both to some degree, but how do I apply that in my tank is what and you should it, tell me.
1: It's cool, man. Like the moment that Elliot showed me those fields of rubble that all the has lived in, and I'm like, I Light can bulb. build that in my house, yeah. man. And yeah. not necessarily like a field of rubble, but I, I can make little holy aquascapes so just gluing a bunch of rubble together. And boom, that night, dude, Rass moves in. He didn't want to live where he was living before. He was just forced to, you know, the <laughs> moment that he saw his natural habitat, went right into it, but I'd never know unless somebody told me, man.
0: right? <laughs> That's like, true.
1: And, and like, it should be on there, and it, it, like, okay, so here's the deal. I talk about Ellie a lot because I had so many of these experiences where this dude helped me be a better reefer, man. Mm. And so if I went to my most popular website or I went to my favorite fish store and they gave me this information I did it. I watched it happen. And I was a better reefer. I'll go to a knife fight for you.
0: I'll keep, I'll you keep coming. Uh, uh. You know
1: what, man, me and you forever, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, because like, dude, you helped me do this thing. I, I, I really love. And I say this a lot internally here, man. Like when we go through this effort, we help people increase the quality of their lives. And people laugh at me all the time. They're like, what do you mean? You're getting them a fish or a, coral it's a fish or tank new, new yeah. pump or whatever. Like, no, man, this is the people like people do this to bring joy in their life, man. It's their hobby. They tweak on it. They love the fish. They love the coral. They want to be better.
0: And what, what's not joyful about that? Killing stuff.
1: Killing stuff. Yeah. When yeah. it looks like crap. Yeah. Okay. And I, and then when, when people don't get it and like, all right, so what if your favorite thing here instead of reefing was golf? Mm-hmm. And you could watch my video and I could show you a club that would like shave off three strokes off your game pretty by much consistently. Just
0: by doing just this. this and, and you then and you go it. apply it.
1: And then you beat your buddy. Wouldn't you know it? You, know you haven't it. beat your buddy in six months. And this week I did, And then you your can... life is better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it sticks with you for uh, forever or for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm watching your videos again on golf. It's like we have a desire to do mm-hmm.
1: great things, man. And our life is better. So uh, in that spirit, man, a uh, real tank size, not the like littlest one, because what they're really trying to do in many cases is make it so small that you don't get scared to get it. You know, it right. should be real. Yep. Uh, yep. And it, it could be years like, hey dude, at, hey. At, at you know your yellow tank at one inch man can survive in a 40 gallon breeder for the next 18 months. Yeah, And then you should move it.
0: Then right? you better have a plan.
1: Well, dude, the plant could just bring it to the fish store, man. You know, it could be anything you want. It could be upgrade, but like, hey, dude, like, cause I don't really know. You don't really tell me, like, oh yeah, okay, cause some fish grow really fast, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you get it, and like, yeah, it's good for a 40 gallon breeder for the next six months. And some of them, man, it might be good in a 40 gallon breeder, dude, for the next four years. Like, that's helpful information, man. Oh, yeah. uh, give it to me, uh, 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 and. And in many cases, we talked about this too. Not, no, you can't have it, but how you can have it is important. Uh, dip type for corals, man. Like this is something we're gonna dig oh, into. Oh yeah, this investigates. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's dips out there. So There's freshwater dip. There's iodine dip. There is uh, uh, tea tree oil. Tea tree oil. Is there's there's uh, hydrogen
0: peroxide. peroxide. All kinds of stuff. But what corals survive that? I have no idea.
1: Even the people who sell dip don't tell you.
0: <laughs> it was mind-boggling,
1: uh, and like after some of my experience recently with the euphilia, like I would never do a euphilia garden again without a proactive dip treatment for brown jelly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Uh, I just and and it's so cheap and it's so easy. Like I would say, even if you're just going to get one man, do it, right? Like if you're going to get more than one euphilia man, here's the process: do it, yep. right? Because uh, you don't want that in your tank. Uh, uh, disease info par and flow info information like this one actually you, one guy that does this I think really really well is than so, oh yeah, yeah I don't know the why title garden coral husbandry to my mind title gardens should be like this big monstrous entity because they do really great content on uh, uh, corals and I can always think of this one that really said, this guy's for me. I get it. Oh, the blastos. Yeah, yeah. So I'd had problems with blastos in my first tank and I just didn't get it. And I was like, Oh, maybe it needs more light, which we you know it's the stupidest thing ever. Uh, but he's like the first opening thing, man, is like, here's blastomosa you didn't know. Uh, but this thing likes it in the dark. Like it, it does best almost when it's shaded, like mm. in a shadow. And I'm like, wow, really dude? I moved uh, some corals into the shadow. like, wow, they do, man. They flourish, right? It wasn't about more light. It was about way, 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 way less. And how many blastos, man, have died because nobody to bothered it. to tell you, mm-hmm. put the damn thing in the shed.
0: <laughs> I've lost a lot of corals because I didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, I was just buying corals because they were cool.
1: Okay, also, like, some of them die because they're shadowed and stuff. And so, like... Uh, is than, this uh,
0: then is here by the way oh. he says lol monstrous oh, oh man
1: uh than dude I uh, <laughs> thank you for all your knowledge yeah uh so you know some of these things too like if you're going to show me you know this great you know super expensive walt disney coral or yeah. whatever it is show me what it looks like as an adult, because you're showing me this little teeny little nubbin, Mm. right? And the thing grows like flat, as a tabling or it's a bottle brush or it's a branching. Like it's not really easy to tell from a nubbin, man. And when Mm. I'm placing them on the rock, dude, how would I know where to put them so they actually have good
0: husbandry with their neighbor? Well, where we are, uh, where we are today, I I think this is sort of, uh, this is sort of happening, not on purpose, that whole, uh, you know, the lack of information about flow and par and all this other stuff. Uh, For your example of the Walt Disney uh, or, you know, these super, it's the cost of the coral that is prohibiting me from buying it uh, regardless of my knowledge on par and flow like that. I am not going to spend $1,000 on a frag unless I already know what par and flow this thing is.
1: I'm way more likely if I think I can if I have all the tools to take care of it, and way more likely also if you show me what the adult looks like. That's the
0: selling point for the people who are selling these things. It's like I can tell you how to keep this one. It maybe still be a thousand bucks, but you're not going to kill it.
1: Yep, it's true, <laughs> man. Uh, so here's the deal uh, on this one. Uh, People who live and breed livestock can do this way better than us, thank you, Than. Uh, uh, and, uh, but we'll step in if needed, man. Like uh, If it's just yeah. not happening specifically with the fish, uh, we're gonna find a way to prioritize this. because. If there's anybody in the audience that doesn't actually want to know what reef safe with caution means or what advanced or expert actually means Mm -hmm. and how to get past that, raise your hand. I hope that nobody does because like, I think, man, we all want to know. I want to know. I've been doing this 17 years. I still want to know. Right. Okay. So. This whole thing has been a bunch of different conversations all about the same thing is how do we be a better version of ourselves to fend off the future legislation, you know, future legislation and acts because they're going to going come to at us from all angles. Going
0: to keep we coming. Can Choose
1: to do better. Now we can choose to let the world happen to us. We can happen to the world instead. So end of story. We're going to wrap this up here with this sentence uh, and I want to hear what you guys all think, man, share it in the comments, but. We need the winds of change, so we can stop worrying about legislation. And when it comes up to PACs and lobbyists, we're now armed with the industry that's filled with good actors that reject the bad. I'm gonna say it one more time. We need the winds of change so we can stop worrying about legislation. And when it comes to all the PACs and the lobbyists that we could hire, We can arm them with how we are an industry filled with good actors that reject the bad, instead of embrace them. So, Mm. share with us what you think. Is uh, the world gonna fall apart? Are we gonna be better? What's it gonna take to be better? Do you support being better? Uh, What is all this worth your time? What do you 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 expect
0: out of us? Yeah, well, how do you stop future legislation?
1: You know what? I'm gonna call us out again. What do you expect out of us I will go to bat on your behalf to you everybody go. here. All right. prop Impop2 uh, live, <laughs> yeah. hopefully answered all of your questions that's, on that's,
0: this to the best of our ability. Ask what you're gonna do for your hobby uh, to keep it going. What are you gonna do for to your hobby? Ask not what this hobby does for you, <laughs> but what you will do for this hobby. Oh, see you guys. See ya.